Part two, rolling. Okay, welcome back, listener, to, to part two. Uh, this is black and white noise. Absolutely, thank you, Michael. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> Should we do that again? No, you can edit it in after. Fair enough. Just, yeah, yeah. I might just leave all this in. I will. I might even loop it, loop it, loop it, loop it. It's meant to be a conversational type of tone, so hopefully we're achieving that. <laughs> uh, it's not meant to be polished. Uh, it certainly won't be polished. <laughs> so, Ross. Obviously, you're sitting here, we're overlooking the, the stadium, you're here as chairman, I thought we might touch on to how you got here, because it makes it make sense, because there'll be people out there that you know, don't know your background and, and, and don't know how this all came about, so... And you die. Ross MacArthur, thank you very much. Yeah, sometimes I wonder how I got myself in this position. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to know what I said. So, you certainly mentioned there, early, you started watching the Bars in 1977. Yeah, I think the first game I remember uh, I went to it was at Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup uh, in January 1977 from Emery, and it was a really frosty, frosty pitch. And I always remember the Dunfermline fans singing a a song about Joe Harper that I won't repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Probably difficult in all that time, it's a, it's a, a few years, but what, what's your favourite game that sticks out, or, or, or one or two? I won't, won't restrict you to one. You're the chairman after all. Favourite game? Um, there's probably a few. I mean, the the the, the two games up at Tanadice, um, obviously from uh, we um, won the, well, more or less won the um, League One as it was then, um, and then obviously when uh, we saved ourselves from relegation, they, they were great games. The Wraith Rovers game here, um, when we beat them that same season, um, well, I can remember my first promotion uh, here against Falkirk in 1979, um, when Andy Rowland scored a penalty at the County Beath end, that, that was a great memory. Um, it's, 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 it's really difficult, isn't it? Because you've got so many games that um, there's been a few nightmares uh, <laughs> as, as well. But that's that's part and parcel of being a past fan, isn't it? But um, no, so the, the, these are the games off the top of my head, and it's funny because I don't, you, I don't really think about cup finals or things like that. Um, you know, I, the, 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 these are the games that I would say are, are, are my favourite, probably because we've lost every cup final. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I've never heard that. Um, luxury of being able to enjoy a cup final but um, yeah pro probably these games I would say are the ones that stick out. And the cup's obviously special everyone that supports the bar so something like the, the game of Aberdeen would be Inverness qualified for mm, the yeah, yeah. a logical one especially the, the Barry Nicholson the goal. goal yeah, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. a fantastic goal yeah um, but that, that was a farce that that game was even played up at Aberdeen yeah, that should have been played in Perth that night but um, yeah no that that's right that, there's another game that uh, I've, I've forgotten about but um, let's, let's not talk too much about Perth it's not, uh, no, Perth. not no, the happiest place no. at all yeah I, won't, yeah I wouldn't talk about that game yeah <laughs> uh, just it's funny that the, the game up in Aberdeen the, the replay I actually had a uh, mortgage exam to do I had to rearrange it from Edinburgh to Aberdeen so I could the game <laughs> I uh, thought you were going to say that was another game you missed Steve. no no that was that one he wasn't missing that one <laughs> No, they did. They said you can't change. It says please, and they said you have to pay a late fee. Or I said that's absolutely fine. I was, I was buzzing about that. Did you pass the exam? Then? I, 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 Ross, I was so sure I'd passed it. I came out of there about six o'clock. I was meeting Michael and some boys in the pub afterwards, so I was earlier than them. I put the notes in the bin and went to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I bring that up, I believe your career was also based in financial services of sort. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I had, uh, well, I'm still involved to a degree um, um, you know, in financial services. Yeah, my, I um, wanted to um, pursue a career in marketing, if I'm being honest with you, because I did a business studies and marketing degree in Dundee. Uh, but my school tie wasn't the right colour, so I never right. had the opportunity. So I kind of fell into financial services by default. Oh, um, we all do. Yeah, I know, that's right. That's right. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I worked with a lot of good people. Um, I mean, it's a totally different uh, market now than what it was uh, when I first started. And you talk about regulation, then you know, it's, 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 it's tough, it's really difficult. That's uh, a different, different podcast, that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but no, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Um, and as I say, I latterly um, I had my own business that I sold to Standard Life, and, um, and that allowed me to take a wee bit of step back. And, and they, you know, and, and it was just about that time that the club went into uh, obviously hit its uh, difficulties. If it had been a few years prior to that, I wouldn't have had the time uh, to, to have done anything. So well, that brings me on to you're sitting in the northwest. It's late 2012. The board's all left, basically leaving you know, Gavin Masterton, John Orson, Gavin Masterton's daughters. There's obviously something that's not quite right there. How did you get involved in Paris United? Well, it actually goes back uh, a wee bit before that. I, um, I again, I, I, I didn't want this to be common knowledge. I tried to keep this uh, secret, but unfortunately, these things come out. I helped the club out when Jim McIntyre was a manager uh, in terms of bringing some players in in January. Uh, oh, right, okay. In terms of like Martin Hardy and Kevin Rukovic and Liam Buchanan. So I, I had got involved sort of behind the scenes. I'd helped the club out and then I, I got kind of pulled into things. I never wanted to go on the board, uh, to, to be honest with you. Um, because I, again, I was starting, as I got kind of pulled into things and um, I, I got shown different things and started to find out more information. I began to think, no, this isn't, this isn't, mm. this isn't going to uh, end well. And unfortunately, you know, the, the situation arose where the club had to go into administration. And I, I I'm a pretty, believe it or not, I'm a pretty private person. You know, I, I, I certainly don't go into anything because of ego or anything like that. So I, I wanted to keep out out the limelight. And um, unfortunately, when the club when I started to see what was going on at the club, I thought this this is needs to be sorted out. So because I'm first and foremost a passionate fan, I thought I'm going to have to do something about this. Um, and that was difficult for me because you know I, I, I was getting criticised in the papers, and you know that, that wasn't a clever period, um, you know, particularly for my dad uh, when he was reading some of the things that they were saying, which was just a lot of absolute rubbish. And you needed the strength of character to say, right? No, I'm sorry. I'm going to take. I'm going to take them on. Mm -hmm. um, so that's basically where the whole thing came came from. And from that, then we had to then say, right? Okay, um, it looked as though the club is going to go. It's going to topple. So we're going to have to have a plan B. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we basically had to put a rescue package together. Um, and so that's where the idea of Paris United uh, came from. If you if you recall at that time. You know the the support was kind of split because mm. people some people knew that what was going on some people didn't yes and it's natural that you would back your club um, right. you know if somebody's saying this isn't right um, and oh no the club's saying this we'll trust the club mm -hmm. so it became very divisive there was a lot of different groups in and around the club uh, at that time um, and you know 
people didn't know who to believe and everything else. So that was the whole concept of Pars United. Yes. You know, uniting all the Pars fans together. Because if we hadn't done that, the club wouldn't have been saved. Ah, it was a bit fractious at yeah, times, I yeah. guess. But uh, like you said, I think the opinion kind of skewed towards that there needs to be changed by the end. Yeah. It was almost yeah. universal yeah. by then. Yeah. I mean, when we did go into administration, you obviously have a feel for these things. Do you think the club would be saved or do you think it would result in liquidation? Well, you, you, you always want to remain positive. Uh, one, one thing I, I, I will say, and I've said this before, the club is incredibly lucky in that when, when, when um, we went into administration, and you need, you need people to come to the fore in terms of, you need leaders, people to, to basically uh, cajole people, bring them together, give them a sense of direction in terms of where, where, where they're going, and um, you know, talk in a language that people understand and, and they know you know what the, understand what the club's all about and what, what needs to be done mm. but the football club was really lucky and it was a, a, a group of people um, you know and, and yet perhaps I, 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 I was more visible than other people but there's a good core of people that came together at that time and had the time because that, that's the important thing uh. that they, they were maybe retiring or you know, the, the, the business life allowed them to um, help the club out because, you know, the, the time that was spent, you know, over that maybe six month period, you, you, you would not believe the hours that people were putting in to try and hold this together. Mm -hmm. um, and if these people hadn't been there, or they, they, they had maybe been a few years earlier, as I was, I was highlighting earlier, in terms of more position, I, I couldn't have afforded that time. Mm -hmm. So the club will always be lucky that timing is is a massive thing, and people were available to help the club out. Aye, and also, I was going to ask what the most nerve-wracking point was, but I presume it's when you're trying to get a, everything that CVA through at zero pence in the pounds. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, I mean, probably the the worst I felt was when I, uh, myself and Ian Hunter were sitting in um, the court in Edinburgh, and Lord Woolman, because uh, I don't know if, if you probably remember, there was a lease at Petrivi, which was one of the other nightmares that we had to deal with. Um, and basically, if he had voted against that, we would mm -hmm. most certainly the club would have gone. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've said before, he must be a pretty good poker pay player because uh, I could not read it, read him, and yes. I thought I was going against us. Yeah. And, I, and I just felt. I mean, Brian McLaughlin, the BBC was covering that day, and he said, he said to me, and in fact, he said to me, not that long ago, he says, I could just see the colour <laughs> going from your face, mm -hmm. and that was the the most worried uh, uh, that that I was during that whole process. Um, and you know the, the other thing, you know that the club was essentially ten minutes away from being liquidated because mm -hmm. again we, we got an ultimatum from the administrator that you know un, un, unless you do this, unless I get this amount of money, I'm going to pull the plug effectively. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back in that too. Yeah. No, it is. And the thing is, you've got, you've got, and you know that. This is the, the other thing even now as chairman, but you've got a sense of responsibility to everybody. Um, you know, because we've, we've worked so hard to basically save the club, rebuild the club, you know, and keep the club going. You know, and, uh, and we just all felt a sense of responsibility to the wider uh, fan base, because the wider fan base, yeah, there was, there was a core of people at the centre who, who were pulling the strings and holding things together and getting all the CVAs and all the legal work done and everything else, but without the wider support base, 
um, you know, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have raised the money. Um, you know, and yeah. all the fundraising and everything else. It's incredible it, what people I, did. I remember. I mean, it seems it seems a long time ago uh, now, but it's really, it's really only a few yeah. years, and uh, there really was a sense of everyone actually pulling together and going, yeah. like, just we're gonna have to yeah. sort this out and. And, and do stuff. I mean, and, I mean, things like this in your lifeline are obviously oh, hugely massive, massive. Again, that and still important. Now. Yeah, it is. It is a lifeline. And that's you know that's as well named. Uh, even now that you know because if 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 we were to lose that income from the centenary uh, club, um, uh, uh, where we are in the championship, because we need that money to function as a championship club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I said before that um, you know, teams in the Premier League get ten times the amount of money. That we get in terms of distributions from the central pot, mm-hmm. so that centenary club money is so so important, and we need that to to function in this division. But yeah, the centenary club lifeline, all the fundraising, and e- even the things that people do now in terms of the volunteering to help in and around the, the club, mm-hmm. there are so so many things. I mean, I you know, trust me, I get days where I. You know, I'm, I'm down, and you know it's it, it's it's hard going. And then recently, it's been a Sunday or a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quarter to five. Yeah, but you then see, you know, what what lifts you is you see what the club means to people. Mm-hmm. You know what you know, and a simple thing that I may do or go and speak to somebody or allow them to to see something, it makes their day, mm-hmm. and that lifts you again, and you realise why you've done that and how important this club is to the the community. Yeah. Just uh, just speaking, of that, that must have been a huge relief when we eventually got out of League One. Then, if you're yeah. saying it's kind of, it, we can just about function with the lifeline yeah. and, and you yeah. know the, the league being in the championship, but League yeah. One must have been a real oh, yeah. problem. It would stay there any longer. Yeah. I think. I mean, if if you're if you're being honest, if we hadn't got out of League One, we'd probably be part time now. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, again, you don't. We were kind of intimated that at the time, but um, you know, um, I can. Be a wee bit more up front now. Yeah, we would probably would have been part time. So yeah, that was massive. Because um, you know, it's still a, it's still a struggle to make ends meet in this division. Mm. Uh, never, never mind the you know a division below. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a temptation certainly to feel that uh, that's uh, everything sorted. Yeah. We're out, we're out of the woods. And yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone would dispute that we're doing better. But it feels like yeah, it's still a we need to keep keep going with this. Yeah, no, we do because it, it is a. Uh, it, it's a massive mouth to feed, but at the end of the day, it's good that we've got an expectation level at the club that we need. You know, we want to do better. And this club is a Premier Division club, mm-hmm. and you've got to win games of football to uh, deserve the, the, the right. I mean, you look at you look at the Championship down in England. There's massive clubs in that league who all think they should be in the Premier mm-hmm. League, mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to teams that maybe like uh, you know uh, Bournemouth or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. A- any other escape me at the moment, but but at the end of the day, if you win if you win games of football, that's what gets you back. Yeah, um, you're Coventry of twenty eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Leeds, Coventry, the Sheffield clubs are all big clubs. Right. Uh, so you were kind of acting as general manager once once the, the, the club got back on its feet and going. Uh, obviously, we had Mikey Markovitz, uh, which was an inspired decision. I, yeah. I, I mean, that was when it was announced. I thought that makes a great deal of sense. I'm, I'm really glad they've done that, and you became chairman. How has your day-to-day involvement changed, if, if at all? Well, when when the club first came out of administration, again, um, you, you probably no no nobody will realise um, and. I'm just going to say it. It was a shambles, utter, utter shambles. Uh, it's a business, and how it ran as a business, I, I do not know. And probably, 
you know, the fact I went into administration shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, so basically, we had to rebuild the club. And, you know, obviously, I, I've come from a business background, so you know, I, I said, right, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll work day to day. I've, I've, I've got the time at the moment and basically re rebuild the fabric of the club in terms of the, the discipline, the, the, you know, the management, the, the, the processes, the procedures. Um, all, all the things that you need um, mm -hmm. within any business mm -hmm. uh, and also to get to grips with the football side of the business and, and understand that because it is, it is a complex uh, uh, set of circumstances uh, on the football side so get a better idea of that um, and get all that infrastructure rebuilt um, that, that we could within the financial uh, budgets that we had. So that, that, that was that process, but again, that, that wasn't sustainable either. Yeah, obviously, once we got out of League One, um, we, we needed to sort of take a fresh view on that. Um, uh, Mikey had been working closely with me as a volunteer. Um, you know, he, he was doing a lot of work with the club anyway yeah. in his spare time. And you know, what, what we wanted to do was to sort of create a different structure. So Mikey came in as general manager, and I, I felt that that was an important thing to do and that there was a, you know, Mike, Mikey's a fan first and foremost, mm. um, that it was a sign the progress the club was making but also gave somebody an opportunity to come from the fan base to take on right. a, a role like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Mike, Mikey's a young lad, he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, he'll say himself, he's, he's got things that he's got to learn and, you know, I'll, I'll help him in terms of where, where, where the, the areas that, you know, he needs to improve but he's got a lot of fantastic skills as well in terms of um, you know various things that um, you know it can help the club improve and then that allowed me when I when Bob had intimated that he, he wanted to step down as chairman I took on that role and now it's more sort of a strategic role in terms of um, where the club's going the um, the changes that we have to make um, you know for example we built the gym we're looking at uh, trying to get our a decent training facility, uh, professionalising the football side in terms of the scouting and different things like that, mm -hmm. and also rebuilding um, the club's reputation because yeah. the club's reputation was it, 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 it stinks. Yeah. Um, and so basically, dealing with other clubs, going to the uh, SPFL meetings, um, you know, it's rebuilding the image of the club with the, the league authorities and other football clubs. Yeah. The evidence of that was when you know, Rangers, their demise, when there was the, we were bottom of the, the SPL at that time. Yeah. And uh, any normal circumstances yeah. would yeah. say that, you know, that the team didn't get relegated. Yeah. And, and so Dundee had been in administration twice. Yeah. Got voted in ahead of yeah. us. So, yeah. you, know, the, the, you know, what you're saying is evidenced in, in history. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you've got to. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to win friends and influence people, and you've got to be, be seen that I, I was conscious of how things have been done in the past, and think, you know, I, I take a different approach, and you know, you you, you you want to build relationships with people and treat people the way you want to be treated yourself. Mm -hmm. that, that's important, and 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 avoid. You know, I, I know people say to me uh, at, at times where well, you say to you, know, you, you release a, a statement or, or or whatever. But I, you know, I, I only release a statement when I feel a, you know, there's a, there's a need to release a statement, and then I don't jump on the bandwagon and try and you know say things in the media for the sake of saying things in the media. Yes. Um, and you know, th there's certain things that 
you know, trust me that, that have happened over the last few years that, that I think are grossly unfair or things that, that have happened to, to our club, but I'll, I'll do my talking behind the scenes. I'm not, you know, picking up the phone to a journalist and saying, oh, would you like to mm-hmm. put this story in? And I think I, uh, off the back of doing it in that manner, um, you know, I've, I've been able to um, demonstrate to people at other clubs and, you know, within the league bodies, things like that, that, you know, there, there, there's a, a a far better approach to how these matters are dealt with uh, at Dunfermline Football Club. And to be fair, we've seen as being one of the more progressive clubs in Scottish football now. Right. Um, you know, which I, I, again, um, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. And uh, as I said at the supporters meeting a, f- a few weeks ago, I, I was approached in the summer about joining the SPFL board as well, but I, I just felt there was too much to be done uh, at, at Dunfermline uh, at the moment, and that's my priority. Well, it's good to hear. You're obviously be a, a good addition, but like you're saying, if it, there's too much to do here, it's, it's, yes. you don't want to dilute your time. Uh, you're talking about the relationship with other clubs. I, I slipped through the net once, Ross, and I was in the director's box, and that's it. a pretty good spread here. So, more of a light-hearted question: of where, where do you, where do you look forward to going to the most? I'm told Inverness is alright. Um, in this league, um, I mean the good. Sorry, I've not gone off a tangent, but one of the things we've done is we've developed good relationships uh, with all the championship clubs and that we now share information and uh, try and help each other out with different things. So there's a good bunch of people in the uh, in the championship, so you know you, you get a good welcome. Uh, uh, most clubs, uh, off the top of my head, I think you know Livingston and Coon in the South, you get you know um, good 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 guys there. What, what you find <laughs> is most most of the clubs. Um, are run by supporters yes. them, themselves. Yes. You know, they're all, you know, the, the directors are all fans ultimately. Um, you know, they, they have the same challenges. Yeah. Uh, this is the stage where we do our internet interject. Uh, just look through sort of hot topics on the, the, the forums.clubbing.net. Uh, it's been a bit of a bun fight recently. Uh, so the, the, the one thing I have noticed is a kind of all-time 11 that was discussed a wee while ago of, of players that you've actually seen. I just thought it was really interesting to see who some of the older fans from the sixties put in uh, from more recent players. The fact that like so Jackie McNamara, Brewster, uh, I'm trying to think who else. I think Skerla maybe even got in a, in, a, in one of the sixties team. It, it kind of positioned how good the guys I would have in my time or eleven would would actually uh, you know how they would fare in the face of history if you like. Uh, so I'll maybe give you a little bit of time to think about it. I've got my eleven here. What we'll do, maybe to end the podcast, we'll talk about the upcoming games over the next uh, over the next four, and then you can maybe we can maybe decide an all-time eleven between us. Uh, so the next game up, as Michael said, is Queen of the South. Now, so they gave us a bit of a doing last time. Uh, there's no Chris Kane to deal with, no Andy Sterling this time, uh, but we do have still have like Stephen Dobie and and John Rankin. Now, given the position we're in, we maybe could do a winning, but. Uh, I'm inclined to think I'd take a point in this one and, and move on, but what do we think, Michael? Well, yeah, I mean, we're, as we record this, uh, by the time it goes out, the game will have happened, so this is a, this is a tricky one. We'll record three endings then. Yeah. <laughs> like clue. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a tricky one. Um, after the 5-2 game, I, I, I probably agree with you, I would, I would take a point, but... We, we need to start winning games, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna say we're gonna win this two one. Fantastic. Well, sure we can all take note of that and hope you're right. <laughs>
regardless of what happens at Queen of the South, breaking away Tuesday night. The beast from the east, a freezing weather front sweeping in from Russia this week and it's set to bring temperatures lower than the Arctic to much of the UK. There are four points all season, there's going to be huge pressure on us to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did however cause untold panic at East End before Christmas, I mean they, well, the game was going to peter out, they smashed one in from about 25 yards yes. and it was, it was yeah, it wasn't a structured performance after that, but we held on, and then they, they almost got a point against Falkirk, who are the, basically the foreign team in the league. So it's not going to be easy, Ross. Mm, no, it's not. Um, I, I know the manager says this every week, but there are no easy games in, in this division. And I think Brecon have been really, really unlucky. And you talk about that game they played against uh, us at East End Park, to be fair, I thought they had a stonewall penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they did. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Um, and funny enough, I was speaking to the Brecon chairman before the game, and he, he was saying that they had played um, St Mirren up at uh, Glebe Park the week before, and St Mirren had got a penalty that was never a penalty. Mm-hmm. And he says, We're not getting any decisions, and there it goes and happens again. And right. You look at it, they've, they've hardly lost, I think, ourselves and uh, Inverness are the only teams, I think, that have beaten them by more than one goal, I think. Right. Um, and they lose a lot of you know, late goals, own goals. Falkirk beat them in the 94th uh, minute, so no other. That, that's going to be a, a, you know, a, a tough game up there. Especially with the expectation of the fans going up. Yeah. Then, then after that, the first home game for five weeks, it's, yeah. the, it's the biggest drought I can remember, I think, yeah. is in, yeah. in the course of the normal season. Obviously, they could do a, a big crowd that day. Uh, I saw the highlights of the weekend, looks like Ryan Hardy's hitting a bit of form for them, a couple of goals. Lee Miller scored an overhead kick, would you believe? So that was uh, interesting. So they, they completely sliced through St Mirren, although they were kind of raided by some questionable defending. It's the like of which we did not see at East End Park when St Mirren came here. And they won four out of the last five games. The, the caveat to that is the draw was against us, so I guess it's one we've got to be positive about, Michael. Yeah. It's a triple. I, I always find it hard to predict those games. I'm. That's why you're here. I know. <laughs> Put me on the spot like that. A tweaker. I've not asked Ross for Queen of the South prediction, so I'm gonna I'm gonna delay. Thanks, Michael. I thought I was, I, away I, with that I, one. I was just gonna I was just gonna give you one game each, just to. to oh, fair enough. Along, yeah. well, 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 I've done one game, so there we are. <laughs> well, um, I'll be making predictions. I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'll tell you. I, I, I think we'll. I think we'll levy based on how we've done so far and the last game we'll cover then we'll go, we'll go four games in a row and hope we're recommissioned for a podcast after that <laughs> have to see have to see about that uh was a really tough one after that it's at home at Inverness east from the east we've had a bad start of the season they've tightened up massively at the back uh, they're a bit more open in the cup looking at the results but it could really be a day for for patience Ross. yeah yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the, I, I'm thinking of the, the two games we've played in Vermeers. Yeah, we beat them five one, but as we said earlier, I don't think that reflected the the, 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 the natural flow of the game on the day. The game up at Vermeers, we got beat one 0 We should have we should have got a point. That was nothing in that game. Mm-hmm. So it'll be another tight uh, tight game. Um, and you know we're getting to the stage of the season now where you, you have you have got to win games. Aye. You know if you if you want. To be in challenging for a playoff place, we, we need to win games. Draws really aren't. I mean, in many ways, you're, you're actually better, um, you know, winning to losing one Aye. than than drawing. Just yeah, that, just that, going for yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it is. It's where you need the fans behind you right at the last minute because a goal yeah. in the last minute is as good as one in yeah. the first minute. Yeah, no, de- definitely. Thankfully, us fifers are known as a, a patient lot when it comes to getting behind the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. 
Who wants to know my 11? I'll give you my 11 from guys I've seen. Let me hear your I've gone wrong. Yep. Go I've gone for talent rather than That's longevity. That's a good start. Rather than longevity. So I've gone for guys who at their peak would get in. So I've got the recent goals. Mm-hmm. Matt Namara, Skerla, Bamba and Scott Thompson at left back. Uh, from doing into the valley, we asked every player what their all-time eleven would be, and without question, they put Scott Thompson in. Yeah, uh, it's obviously he's a great servant for the club, but I think he's got a fast network out there. I knew this was happening. <laughs> I've got to touch him uh, but I, Scott's a decent guy, so put him in. Uh, centre midfielder Barry Nicholson with either Gary Mason or Mark Miller. I, I love Mark Miller. He's just mm-hmm. everything a footballer should be. Uh, Cosma and Hamill on the wings. Brewster Nobile up front. Good. That's a good. Sounds okay. Any player, any player on the missions? Crawford. I would have him on the uh, Crawford or O'Boyle. I don't know. Yeah. O'Boyle would say Brewster would be of interest to me. So that's that. You, you can't can partnership. How well they work together, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Crawford, Crawford and Brewster were obviously teams I had seen it. So I. Uh, yeah. This. So who did you have in central defence? Uh, Matt. I had uh, Skerla and Bamba. Right. Right. I think I would. Um, yeah, Skeller was a great player, but I mean, my uh, first hero was John Salton um, as a centre half, uh, great player, and you've forgotten Norrie uh, as, as well. I know. Yeah, so I, I might, I think I would maybe play three at the back. I, I would have Norrie, John Salton, and Skeller, and, and try and what the formation rounder. You're the chairman. You can do what you want. I don't pick the team though. <laughs> An Italian chair. Aye, that's right. Or Lithuanian. I, I, I met John Salton at uh, a hospitality a couple of yeah. weeks back, and uh, we bonded instantly because there was a he gave the best interview question that I'd ever seen. Was like, who would you most like to meet? And most folk are going on about uh, an actor or a singer around about then. He says John Williams of Falkirk. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling me he never got his wish. <laughs> but yeah. I don't, I don't think there's too many other players I would disagree with that. That that would probably be the only change to you. To your team, I think. I, I loved it at the back. Just a man for stats, Ross. Kevin Rukovitz played 11 games in the Championship or League One or whatever it was called back then. Four goals we conceded. Uh, I, I just thought he was rock solid in yeah. the league and I thought yeah. he was a big part. When obviously Hardy was getting all the plaudits, I, I thought he was a huge part. When, when he was fit, obviously that was the main major problem. Uh, obviously I was going to wind up Michael or was there Chris Smith behind him as well so uh, anyone that can Chris Smith had 16 <laughs> clean sheets that season <laughs> yeah. I, I have never I mean I, I know he made mistakes and they were always calamitous when he yeah. made them but yeah. I thought he was badly treated uh, I really yeah. I'm, I'm on it I'm on no, it he, he, he played really well that season and to be fair just think about that I, I, I would have Ian Westwater in, in front of the door as the West, West he's not a goal that's, that's yeah. completely understandable yeah. anyone else Michael? Um, did you have Jackie Mack? I did, uh, so the one thing I was going to say about Chris Smith, I know it's, it's gone back, but the one thing I loved about him, that there was a, a couple of mistakes and Falkirk fans were coming for him and say, I've never ever seen this, and it, he made a world-class save in the first game that season. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did, it was yeah, brilliant. Did. Yeah. And then the, the last game this season, the 3-0 game, he made a world-class save yeah. without keeping a clean sheet, so he was part of the team. Yeah, obviously, full respect to Chris, yeah. I'm only teasing you, Michael. <laughs> anyway, who else you got there? Uh, I would always find room for Hamish French yeah, in my team. Um, the only guy that wouldn't give an all-time 11 into the valley because he didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> <tried to. laughs> what, what a guy. Hey, what a gentleman. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with a lot of your team. I mean, 
I think I'd put Crawford in ahead of Boyle simply because we know the partnership works. Okay. Um, and he didn't go to St. Johnston. That's true. Um, <laughs> I've got like Derek Fleming at left back. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. That might be a, a nostalgia no, thing I, I, to I, think, I think it's fair. But yeah. he came in, I always remember his debut against St. Johnston. Comes from part time football, slotted in straight away. Mm-hmm. Nice guy as well, well against. So. Yeah. I'd certainly have Nipper. Uh, I'd probably put Nipper in with Skirl in the middle. Okay. Um, ah, oh, man, struggling. Yeah, I mean, I think I would probably go with what you said, to okay. be honest. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's a nice way to end it. That was easy enough. Eh? So, Ross, many thanks for being our first guest. No, you're very welcome. And lastly, thanks to you, listener, for downloading us. And hope you look forward to listening next month. So, until next time, one apart. <laughs> <laughs>